another episode of our short visits to an innovative but slightly offbeat business which operates here in South Mims, in the shadow of our famous university, South Mims U. It's 4am and I'm in front of our social history lecturer's house, Virgil Anderson. Hi, thanks for coming and for getting up so early. Well, you, you helped me with that. I, indeed I did. A gentle tap at your bedroom window at 3am and, well, here you are. And you helped me to get to sleep earlier than usual too. Yes, with a product I'm still developing, Magnolia Noise for Academics. Um, right, I'll, I'll get you to explain that in a bit. But first, I, I think it's time you got to work, isn't it? It is, you're right. And time is of the essence in my business. I ensure that my clients get up for work for important appointments or events, or just to witness the glories of the South Mim sunrise. Uh, well, you can explain that as we walk to your first client. OK, let's go. We're walking to the cottage of a Nobel laureate. Isn't that right, Virgil? Yes. She's the reason I started my service. Professor Eugenia Scamorza is an expert on sleep, and she developed what we now call the Magnolia Noise. Well, what is magnolia noise? Half white noise and half brown noise with a touch of cream. Really? Uh, I've heard of white noise and I think I know what brown noise is, but what's magnolia about noise? Well, it's a mix of both white and brown noise with a tinge of green noise, which helps academics like you and me do our work. I'm a bit confused. White, brown and cream noise is... Um... Well, there's a whole colour palette of noise. Oh, I didn't realise that. Well, don't worry, I'll explain. Ah, now here's the cottage. Now, if you'll just stand back, I need to extend this pole and then knock on her window. OK, so Virgil has what looks like a pole you might see a window cleaner use to, to get to a high window, and he's extending it just enough to reach a small window at the corner of the top floor of what is a very quaint country cottage. I start with three taps and then I do three more after ten seconds or so. Oh, a, a light's gone on uh, uh, and the curtains are being drawn back. Good morning, Eugenia! Buongiorno, Virginia, my friend! My dependable friend! It's 4.15am, on the dot! Yes, always on the dot. I have a big conference today, I must not be late. Thank you, thank you. Grazie, Virgilio, my friend. He saved my life many times. No machine can be trusted like my friend Virgilio. He knows if I fall back to sleep, no light come in my window. A machine cannot do that. Uh, hi, uh, Professor Scaramozza, uh, can I ask you a question? Is this the apprentice you say you want? Eh, Virgilio, a new knocker-upper. He look a bit short. You need a longer pole for this one. No, 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 he's making a podcast. A what? At this time in the morning? Ah, bravo, ragazzo. Uh, why don't you just use an alarm clock or your phone uh, to set an alarm? Like I say, I don't trust the machine. And because of being awoken by a human being is better for the soul. But what about one of those sunrise alarms? You know, that they simulate the dawn. Ah! Expensive rubbish! Who wants a fake dawn every day? We have enough of fake life as it is. Now, 
I must get ready. I have a long day. Grazie Virgilio. Ciao! Uh, come on or I'll be late for my next knock-up. We'll oh. talk on the way. Okay, okay. Uh, Eugenia used the term knocker-upper. I, I vaguely heard of that. Can you explain what that is? Okay, well, this is where my work in social history comes into play. I teach a course about the changing nature of work. One of the examples I give is how the invention of both the factory and its rigid need for a constant stream of workers to work in strictly defined shifts opened up an opportunity for a completely new profession. The knocker-upper. A man or woman who did not work in the factory and could get up early and walk around the streets around the factory ensuring that workers got up on time to get to work and clock in so they wouldn't lose any pay or, or even their job because they were late. Right, so there were knocker-uppers who, well, knocked on people's doors and windows to wake them up. Yes, most people couldn't afford an alarm clock, so they had to rely on something or someone to get them up on time. If they'd been at the pub the night before, or were just really tired after a week of long shifts, one late arrival could, as I said, lead to terrible consequences for their family. So a few pence a week to a knocker-upper was a good investment. And here we are, hold on. Uh, whose house is this? Our local dentist, Annabelle Clifton. She's a bit harder to wake up. Don't see any movement up there. So I have to be a bit more creative. Uh, hold this, will you? Oh, right, OK. Um, uh, Virgil has given me his pole uh, and is now... Um, oh, w what is that? A pea shooter. A what? A good old-fashioned pea shooter. And here are a couple of dried peas. Extremely hard ones. Now... I'm going to the front door where I'm going to shoot a pea at Annabelle's dog while you tap on that window. Can you do that? Oh, oh, OK. Um, well, it's a bit high up. Well, let's stand on the, that step. Oh, OK, so just three taps, right? Yeah, just three. Ready? Now! Most mornings she responds to the taps, but sometimes she needs a little extra noise. Her dog, Barney, always responds to a well-aimed pee to the nose. But, sorry, I mean, isn't this all faintly um, ridiculous? Why? I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, pea shooters. Knocker-uppers in the 19th and 20th centuries used them. Admittedly not on dogs, as far as we know, but they used them to aim at bedroom windows so they could target the right person to wake. You are making this up, aren't you? No, it's true. If you study the subject, you'll find lots of evidence of knocker-uppers using pea shooters. It was their way of ensuring that other workers didn't get woken up for free. What? You'd better explain. I will. At our next stop. Come on, I of all people cannot be late. Right. Oh, I know where this is. This, it's the Undertaker's. The funerary specialist. That's what Robert likes to call himself. Yes, Robert Corston, the fourth generation of a renowned firm of funeral directors. And a man who sleeps the sleep of the just. Right, hence he's on your route. Hence he is, yes. How do you wake him up? Oh, nothing special. Three taps and a quick toot on a whistle. Oh, 
there's the light. Oh, it's a very efficient service you provide. Well, that's my biggest selling point. And how much do you charge? Two pounds for three taps, 50 pence for anything extra. Like the pea shooter and the whistle? Yes. Doesn't sound like a lot. I do it as a sideline to augment my salary from the university and also as part of my research. Into what? The history of sleep and its relation to the changing nature of work. Right. Sounds complicated It's though. not very. If you think about it, work has a big impact on sleep. You have to regulate your sleeping hours with your working hours. You mean waking hours, surely? Well, nowadays, most waking hours are working hours due to digital technologies. So what I'm trying to understand is how different ways of being woken up can help people be more relaxed, feel more human, regulate their days in ways that promote well-being and lessen the effects of overwork and stress. Ah, so it's not just about being a knocker-upper. I mean, you're not just trying to revive an old profession for the sake of it. No, but I do enjoy the work. But, and, and I asked uh, Eugenia this, and, and she obviously hates machines, but why don't your clients just get an alarm clock? Because, just as Eugenia said, machines clockwork, especially digital clockwork, is what we're trying to avoid, to transcend, to overcome. Very few people use actual mechanical alarm clocks anymore, and that makes the sleep problem worse. Why is it such a bad thing? I mean, using your phone as an alarm clock, I mean, that's... It has been research that shows that we're healthier and happier when we wake up naturally, because of the light of dawn, or the dawn chorus, or just because our body wants to. As I said before, the Industrial Revolution imposed mechanical time on us. That rigid idea that you had to work for eight hours. More than ten in the factories of the 19th century. And that sleep was almost a luxury. Tick-tock of the clock's mechanism and the harsh bell as it commanded you to wake up was considered by some to be inhuman and dictatorial. But employing a knocker-upper would have the same effect. I mean, you, I mean, you, you're just getting people up for work. Yes, but it was a relationship, and it was a job that a human being could do. It was also something that the community shared. Didn't you hint that knocker-uppers used pea shooters to make sure that they only woke the people who paid them and not those who didn't? Well, they had to make a living. Listen, this isn't a black and white subject, but it's a fascinating insight into the past. Knocker-uppers declined as alarm clocks got cheaper. And, of course, that's inevitable. But I'm not saying that we all need knocker-uppers. I'm just using the concept as a way into a more nuanced study of the relationship between sleep and work and how we live our lives. Well, now people use their smartphones anyway, though. And that's bad, because they're often also woken intermittently through the night by texts or updates or other messages, even if there's no sound. The sudden glow disturbs sleep as well. OK, well, I, I get that. And, and does this then lead on to the magnolia noise you talked about and got me to yes. uh, listen to? Yes. Let's go back to my house and I'll explain. OK. Okay. Now, my last client is on the way home. Right, okay. Now, we're in Virgil's study, and he has two big speakers on either side of his desk. Okay. So, white noise is this. Hmm. 
Right, yes. I kind of recognise that. And now this is brown noise. Is there a difference? Big difference. White noise uses sounds from all over the spectrum, so you get low, mid-range, high frequency notes all mixed in together. Brown noise only uses low frequency and heavy notes. I see. I mean, I hear you. Indeed. So magnolia noise is, is what I heard before. This. White and brown noise backwards with a dash of cream. OK, but what's cream noise? Oh, it's too subtle to broadcast. Magnolia noise is still in the experimental stage. You can get all sorts of noise colours. Uh, many people use them to concentrate as well as sleep. People with ADHD find using noise backgrounds like this helps them focus. The world we live in is geared towards distraction. Distraction is the enemy of both thought and human interaction. I see, and your focus on sleep and waking up and knocking up is an effort to make us more human. Yeah, more connected to the natural rhythms of our bodies and the world around us. Better sleep, better waking up, better focus on what matters? Well, Virgil, that's been fascinating. I'm going to get rid of my alarm clock and switch off my phone at night. And could you put me on your list for a wake-up tap at my window for, um, 10am each day? Good God, 10 in the morning? I'll be lecturing at that time. Making podcasts is a more nocturnal business. Well, get some sleep. You can use some of my latest magnolia noise to get you to sleep. Thanks, and thank you, dear listeners, for your time. In fact, listening to your podcast might be an excellent way to get to sleep. Uh, Virgil, please, our podcasts are very stimulating. If you say so. And you're not supposed to talk when I'm doing the outro. Sorry. And, dear listeners, as I was saying, please check out our other episodes, and whatever you do, get a good night's sleep. And if this podcast helps you do that, then that's good enough for us. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>